Welcome to the official podcast for Shepherd University Athletics, and we're coming at you with that big horn energy. It's time for Beyond the Horns. Let's go. Welcome, Rand Nation, to another episode of Beyond the Horns. My name is Carlos Calderon, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andy Ferguson. Thank you for tuning in to episode 10. Later on in the show, we'll have our special guest, head women's basketball coach, Jenna Eckleberry. She's going to share her story, talk about the upcoming season, um, and basically her road to getting to Shepherd. Um, but before we get into our housekeeping items, Andy, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. We, I feel like we always start out each week on a positive note. And I think we end each week on a positive note. You got to, man. It's just what happens, you know, what happens in the middle, um, the ebbs and flows of adult life. Let's call it that. Sounds poetic. A couple of optimistic brothers. You know what I mean? Try to be. What's the point if you if you can't try to see the positive or be an optimist? I mean, eventually you go insane, right? I know it, man. I know it all too well. Um, that's why I try to keep a positive mindset, man. So if you need some positivity, Ram Nation, just come on by the Butcher Center. Actually, don't. We want to. We want to be safe. Yeah. Uh, no. No. No COVID on campus. But uh, in spirit, come on by the Butcher Center, and Carlos will pump you up with some positivity. Well, first we have some updates for you guys. Um, wanted to give you guys an update on the 2020 Thankful to Be a Ram campaign. Andy, how are we doing with that? Man, we're doing really, really well. Uh, we are. We've blown out last year's numbers. About doubled um, the donors from last year as well as the amount donated. So, you know, three weeks in, we have about a week week to go, a little bit less than a week, I guess, this coming Sunday will be the last um, the last day. So we're in our last week of Thankful to be a Ram. We've had 689 donors and uh, a little over $30,000 donated to our programs. I believe Women's Across is in the lead still. Um, from a, from the competition standpoint, followed by women's basketball and then softball. So, man, I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting it to be like this. Yeah, uh, neither was I, especially like doubling the money. I, You know, I definitely, and the donors as well, so that means we have twice as much participation this year. And obviously that is just, you know, kudos to the coaches and the student athletes for making an effort to, you know, spread the awareness of the campaign. It's just great. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the programs that are in the lead are the programs that really put in effort. Yeah. And they really tried, and the, and the student-athletes for those teams tried, and the coaches you know, were organized and saw, hey, this is a chance. You know, even because even the programs that don't win the $1,500 prize from the SUAC, like, they still, if you put their time and effort into it, they're going to make a decent amount of money. And, you know, this, this money raised goes to things that aren't necessarily in the budget, equipment, travel costs, COVID testing, you know, things like that things that will arise maybe it's something that that the team has always wanted but it's just never been in the budget each year and now now's their chance to raise an extra three four five grand and they can you know this year over the course of a couple years of that buy the new piece of equipment they wanted or, or buy the upgrade they wanted so um huge huge to do this but like i said you know 689 donors just under 31k full disclosure we re- usually record this first part of our um, podcast on Monday afternoon, so that's where we stand on Monday afternoon. We'll be curious to see, uh, you know, later in the week when we talk to Jenna, where you know we'll might throw another little update in uh, that day too when we talk to her. Um, but definitely thanks to Ram Nation for everything you guys have done. If you've given, if you have yet to give, uh, just go to suathleticclub.org and there's a big old red button that says "Thankful to be a Ram" and you click on that. It takes you to the campaign page, and uh, you can give to the program of your choice. But um, I, I can't say thank you enough. I'm really excited for next week's pod when we can give kind of like a final, this is what happened, this is how much it was. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm shocked in a good way. Yeah, so we still have, I mean, whenever this episode drops, we'll have, what, maybe three or four days left? I think four uh, days left. Yeah, four days left. Um, so to those of you listening, uh, you know, try to spread the word. Use the hashtag RamThankful. And, you know, obviously we really appreciate the support. Um, It's been a very successful campaign thus far. For sure, for sure. All right, well, you know, next thing I want to get into, Andy, is is our point of clarity for the week. Um, I figured, obviously, since you and I agree on this point of clarity so much, it can just be a joint thing. Yeah, and that's why you said point of clarity. Right. Normally... 
Carlos and I will sit down and we'll talk, um, you know, 30 minutes before we hit record. And we just, you know, we, we talk all the time every day anyways. But, you know, we usually spend some time before we press the record button to talk about, you know, the episode and what we're going to talk about. And, uh, and, and today, Carlos brought up his point of clarity and I agree with it so much. And I feel so strongly <laughs> with you about it and agreeance that we decided let's just do one point. It's kind of your double point of clarity today. Right. So, um, you know, the thing that really has been on my mind lately irks me a little bit. But any time that, you know, I sit down with um, anyone that I know and I say, you know, let's watch, let's watch a movie together. Or let's watch, you know, a Netflix show. Let's start something. And, you know, we both get committed, we're into it, and we start watching the show, and then maybe 10 minutes into it, I look over and that other person's on the phone, and then something big will happen, and I'll be like, oh, and they'll say, oh, wait, what happened? Because they were busy staring at their phone. I mean, that just kills me, that kills my energy. It feels like I'm the only one committed. Uh, You know, I'm putting in more energy than the other person. Um, It almost sounds like a relationship, because you're committed to the show. You know what I mean? But uh, I just think, uh, you know, if you're going to commit to something, follow it through. Yeah, is there, any, is there like a more empty feeling than you're watching a show that you like really got into? You're like four or five episodes in, you're like, man, this show's awesome. And you look over and the person you're watching with, they're not even in the same room as you, man, like in their minds. They're they're on TikTok or doing something. Uh, that's, that's a terrible feeling. I agree 100%. Uh, but let's, also, let's just go ahead and throw it out here since you and I are both just – Toast, anyways, for bringing this up. We're talking about Fairmont Carly. That's what we're talking about here. Yep. <laughs> uh, for me, it's it's we're, we're sitting down and we're watching a show, and you know, f- for Fairmont, anyways, like you want one two episodes, we're good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we like to cut it there because you don't want to binge watch too much. But like set, like two three episodes, if we're doing three in a night, dude, there's no way she's watching that third episode. <laughs> like she'll be like five minutes in, and then like she'll be texting, and I'll look over, and she'll be doing something. And then uh, she'll be like, hey, oh, she'll put it down. She'll be like, I, I, need, I miss that. Can we rewind it? So now I'm just like, look, we're not rewinding stuff. <laughs> so if, you, if, you, if you're on Google or doing whatever you're doing on your phone, you can go to Google and you can look up the plot if you want to and catch up. I know it makes me sound like a monster. <laughs> but these are serious things. This is a serious problem in our country. The line has to be drawn, man. I, I mean, I was watching uh, The Office um, the season finale and you know Carly was on her phone and I'm like Carly this is the season finale of The Office like you only get to see this one time and uh, you know she got off it and we eventually finished it out but still it's heartbreaking man it heartbreaking is the perfect especially in that scenario such a great show years of entertainment you finally get to the end you want to tie it up with a nice little bow as one of the greatest TV you know franchises of all time and you look over and the one who's never seen it she's been with you this whole way sometimes <laughs> sometimes there sometimes not is more interested in refreshing Twitter oh my or Instagram <laughs> than yeah. watching Dwight shoot a bazooka shoot a bazooka <laughs> um, so the point of clarity let, let first of all we could talk about this for the whole episode because mm-hmm. it both bothers us so much and we're both uh, Thursday uh, afternoons are not going to be pleasant for either of us. Let's just throw that out there. Um, but the point of clarity would be, if you are not interested in watching the show anymore, just say, hey, one episode is good tonight. Two episodes <laughs> is good tonight. Like, because we all know when we're losing our attention oh, span, right? Yep. Let me go watch something that I want to watch then, mm-hmm. and uh, and you can be on your phone doing whatever it is you do. Praise God. That is our point of clarity I know there are listeners who needed to hear that, so there you go, preaching the uh, TV gospel on uh, <laughs> Beyond the Horns. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Well, great point of clarity. Obviously, we see eye to eye on that. Um, you know, now it's the quote of the week I'm going to bring up, and this fits hand in hand with that. Uh-oh. Um, I'm going to quote Andy Bernard from The Office. There it is. And his quote is, I wish there was a way to know when you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. You never know what you got till it's gone, man. Exactly, man. I remember saying to myself one time, um, I was up at Penn State, and, you know, I just knew that they were kind of like the glory college days. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, no bills yet. Um, 
enjoying the time with my roommates, with friends. It's called the pretend world. College is the pretend world. Exactly, man. You're like right on the cusp of mm-hmm. adulthood, but you're still, you know, playing kid at that point. And I just remember saying, you know, cherish these days because one day, which is kind of where I am now, you're going to have bills, you're going to have other things to worry about, and things get a little bit more complicated. And, uh, you know, little things like eating ramen and watching Game of Thrones, you can't really do that as much anymore. But, you know, that's just the way life is. Man. And you know what? You can say the same thing where you're sitting right now. Enjoy it now. Exactly. Because who knows? Three, four, five years from now, your life will be completely different. Very true. It's, uh, yeah, that's, I think whenever I go and like speak to a sports management class, you know, obviously part of what I say is the career stuff, right? But I've always, and I don't know, I don't think I figured out a good way to communicate this exact point to people yet, but like, enjoy where you're at, because the real world comes at you fast, um, and it doesn't ask if you're ready for it or not, and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I feel like I've always wanted to tell that, especially like high school kids, like enjoy your time in high school, because, man, those were simple times. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know about for you, but for me... I didn't have a care in the world, man. I didn't have to do anything. Like, I worked and I went to school, but, like, I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, all those people you went to high school with, five years later, they're poof in the wind, a lot of them. Yeah. So, no, I think that's a great quote, man. Um, not to get too deep on Ram Nation. Like, I mean, we all we do every week, I feel. But, yeah. like, <laughs> this is a good one, man. Yeah. The, what you're doing today is the most important thing. Absolutely. Worry about today. Couldn't agree more. Andy Bernard... Such a, such a wise fellow. <laughs> yep. Well, that's all we have for our housekeeping items today. Um, whenever we get back, we'll have our special guest, Jen Ackleberry, head women's basketball coach. She's going to talk to us a little bit about herself, about the upcoming season. Can't wait to talk to her. So we'll see you guys when we get back. Ram Nation, gear up with the latest styles at shepherdramsteamshop.com the official online team store for Shepherd Athletics. Help support your Rams by purchasing gear for every member in your crew at shepherdramsteamshop.com. Again, that's shepherdramsteamshop.com. The 2020 Thankful to be a Ram fundraising campaign is currently underway. We're almost halfway through this month-long campaign, and so far Ram Nation has come through strong with support. If you would like to make a gift to support the program, coach, or student-athlete of your choice, please go to www.suathleticclub.org and click on the Thankful to be a Ram button located at the top of the page. Make a difference today and go to www.suathleticclub.org to support your Rams. Welcome back into Beyond the Horns, Episode 10. We have our special guest here, Coach Jenna Eckleberry of the Shepherd Women's Basketball Program. Coach, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Carlos is also here, like always. We <laughs> couldn't have a Beyond the Horns podcast without good old Carlos here. So, Carlos, how you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Excited to have the Coach of the Year join us on the pod and ask her a little bit about herself. Carlos has been excited about this for. The whole week, I think. <laughs> Jenna's been excited about it um, ever since we started the pod. Yeah, I've true? been counting down the days. I was like, when am I going to be on? <laughs> you got the whiteboard uh, calendar with the marker. Like, it was circled. Off each day. It was circled. But really, though, Carlos is Carlos is a big women's basketball fan. Yes. So Huge. don't let him down. Last season really made me into a fan, honestly. Just all the exciting games and just the energy. It was, it was great. And we've talked about this multiple times on the pod. But, oh, yeah. uh, I, uh, I will always remember Carlos about fainting a couple times up there watching y'all <laughs> and uh, some of my some of my most favorite memories at Shepherd up to this point. But <laughs> anyways, uh, Jenna, thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to come over um, and answer some questions. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've listened to some of the, the earlier interviews we've done with other people. It's going to be kind of the same thing, but just want to, to give Ram Nation a snapshot of you know, who you are on the personal side, kind of your background, where you're from, and then, you know, talk a little bit about the program, the team, and uh, and kind of where we're going from here. So uh, we'll jump right into it. The, the first thing that we always ask everybody is, you know, give us a little bit of background of like where you're from and kind of your roots up to this point. From a small town in Chester, West Virginia. It's the very north of West Virginia. 
um, on the tip. Kind of grew up in Pitts- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so right on the border. You, there's one spot right by li- where I live, where I'm in three states at one time. So, wow. um, you know, it takes me 20 minutes to get to the Pittsburgh airport, uh, 40 minutes to get downtown Pittsburgh. So, basically, I say I'm from PA. Nice. What's your favorite thing to do or, like, place to go in Pittsburgh? Probably do a sporting event, mm, I, okay. I would say. Um, done it all. Wouldn't it be much. nice if they had, like, a professional basketball team in Pittsburgh? Yes. Do you think they need one? Yes, they've talked about it. They've done rumors, but nothing lately. Yeah. So, what, like, Steeler games? Is that what you did? Anything. Or Steelers, Pirates? Pirates, Penguins, you name it. Huge Pittsburgh professional team. My, my first... Like West Virginia experience, if I mean, I I wouldn't count it, but since you're from up there, maybe you would. Where I seventy cuts through like West Virginia, just barely right there for mm-hmm. however many miles that is. Yeah. And then you're right into Pennsylvania. That was my first time ever in West Virginia on that road right there. Hmm. And uh, and so that is that. Am I in the right spot? Like kind of your neck of the woods, up in that kinda, area. Kind of. We're about forty minute or forty miles north of that. So even further yeah. north of that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So grow up. Way up north, we'll call it. Uh, hang out in Pittsburgh for fun. Um, what other things, you, you know, did you do for fun growing up? If, if Carlos and I spent the weekend back at your hometown with you, you take us back and you're like, I'm going to show you everything that I grew up doing. I mean, what are some things that, that we would do with you? Go to where I grew up in the upper end and go to every spot where we played a sporting event. Um, every day after school, everyone would call me. And they'd be like, what sport are we playing now? So <laughs> nice. whether it was hockey on rollerblades, a viva ball, which is kind of like a baseball, wiffle ball game, basketball, football, we would we would do it all. So. She was Tom Brady in the uh, yeah. curriculars. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I had more athleticism. I was juking, <laughs> oh, I was juking everybody after <laughs> I caught the pass. No, it's, Chester is a very small town, um, probably a couple miles long, but it is home of the world's largest teapot. Right. I did not know that. <laughs> the world's largest teapot. It, yeah, technically, I think China just, or in the last couple, of, I don't know, maybe five years, built one bigger, so we can't even take that glory. What does one do with the world's largest teapot? <laughs> like, do you walk into it? They Well, it's huge, and it's right when you come into town, but they, like, they, back in the day, they would sell, like, hamburgers and hot dogs and nachos out of it, and... It's a tourist thing. There's people that come in oh, off the river from the Ohio River, and they stop and they take pictures, and you can buy T-shirts and. Hey, whatever you need to do to make that money. I guess. They got tea. They got teapot day once every every summer. Teapot day. <laughs> Is there like a a place that you have to go to eat every time you go home? Yeah, but it's technically in Ohio. It's only five minutes away. What's it called? JP's. JP's. It's like what an are... Italian pizza restaurant. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. Your hometown is not necessarily defined by these U.S. governmental borders, okay? So <laughs> if it's in Ohio, that's fine. Yeah. JP's, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to look up their menu after this. Go so, for it. So um, moving on to like the next phase of your life, where did you play basketball? Um, I started, I got a uh, full ride to Division One Robert Morris in Pittsburgh. Um, that's that's where I started out my freshman year. Um, typical story, um, not too many people know this, but when I was getting recruited and I signed, I signed in the summer, and then um, the head coach that recruited me got fired right before um, school started. So mm-hmm. I went in with a new coach, um, loved it, loved everything about it. It was only 30 minutes from my hometown. I uh, would meet my parents half my mom halfway and give her my laundry. Oh, that's uh, nice. No, wow. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't. You don't have to put that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's staying in the pot. That's uh, not being edited. But no, um, we. I liked everything about the school and everything. Um, but the the story of why I, I didn't finish there was, um, as soon as the coach got the job, he brought in a point guard that he had been cre- recruiting at his other job in Buffalo, and. Ended up beating her out, started every game, I think, but four, played 36 minutes a game. Um, and then, you know, in our exit meetings in the spring, I walk into his office and he hands me a box of tissue tissues. Oh, um, no. And then sat down and he literally said, I bet my, my salary you won't play next year. And you're what? the type of kid that wants to play, so I don't, you know, you can stay on the team and stuff, but 
And I was like, well, that's what you thought this year, like, and I, I, I feel like I proved you wrong. And he's like, I'm telling you, I want a five nine point guard that can get deflections and all that, and I want a junior college point guard. So, you know, that's wow. being straight up and honest with you. So yeah. it's kind of the best thing, but at that time, you didn't know it was going to end up being the best thing that happened to you. But yeah. So I transferred to Fairmont State um, and made a decision that, you know, I want to go somewhere where I know I'm going to be happy if basketball doesn't work out. As yeah. hard as that was for me to realize, but, um, and that's where my friends, my brother was there. So went to Fairmont, got to play on the basketball team there, very successful, started coaching right after that. So what made you want to become a coach? Like, was it something that happened, like, while you were playing? Is it because you're a point guard and you just, like, have a great IQ? Or, you know, what kind of went into that decision? I knew at an early age. Um, I think it was, like, in third grade, third or fourth grade. Um, we had to write it like a small book. Um, barely can read and write at that time. But I wrote I wanted to be the first woman or first girl to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I quickly realized I was kind of smart back in the day. I don't know what happened, but I realized that was not going to happen. So from there, from about fifth grade, sixth grade on, I knew I wanted to do the next best thing, and that was coach. And, you know, I had a great AAU coach. When people would go to, like, Six Flags on our off days, I would probably go back to the gym with him and scout and kind of watch the teams. Like, I knew from a very early age that's what I wanted to do. Nice. So you knew that's what you wanted to do, and you became one, and now you've been one for a while. So, you know, looking back on just your coaching career, you know, what are some things that you've enjoyed the most from being a coach at, you know, the various stops and levels? Um, I think mainly the relationships that you build. Um, I know you have a different relationship with your players when you're an assistant coach or a head coach, but, um, you know, I still talk to so many players that I coached at Fairmont um, and the ones in 2014-15 here at Shepherd still have a lot of contact um, with the players that I played, just building relationships. Um, I think the main thing is, and I say this all the time, is I don't consider myself having a job. Like, I literally do what I love. Yeah. I come in, I get to learn about basketball, coach it, study it. Um, I think that that's the best, and the absolutely best thing, I think, from Shepherd is co-workers and the other coaches coaches mm-hmm. it's just a great great atmosphere you're happy every single day you come into come into work um except if you lose you're not yeah. too happy yeah. i can imagine that's not necessarily <laughs> a fun day for sure <laughs> um so what led you to your position here at shepherd like did you hear about shepherd whenever you were at your old job how did that kind of work yeah yeah, I was an assistant, was going on my seventh uh, year, and, you know, you can only be an assistant for so long. You can only learn from the same guy um, for so long. So, you know, there was after my fourth and fifth year, I had some opportunities, went on some interviews for a head coaching job, but I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't really want to see it as a stepping stone. I wanted to go somewhere where I felt like home, and I could be there for hopefully my whole career. So, um the shepherd job came open we obviously had played them they were in the same league my uncle's from around here um i just thought it was a great fit and i was fortunate enough to come here and get an opportunity that's great love when opportunity presents itself and it works out well for sure love when it all comes together cool. okay so um you got to shepherd you you went from being an assistant to you know, a head coach, and you're continuing to learn. But talk to us about you know a few of the teams that you've had um, over your first couple of years here at Shepherd, um, and then you know how impressed you've been with this current team um, up to this point. Kind of two parter, but mm-hmm. yeah. When I got here in fourteen fifteen, the the team that um, the season before had only won four games. So when I took over, it seemed like. There was a lot of work to do in the sense that not that the other co- the co- previous coach was wrong and I was right, but we had totally different philosophies. And I remember the first day when I walked in the gym and, you know, I'm kind of getting mad because all the players are just standing over on the sidelines and I'm like, why aren't they touching the ball? Like, I'm trying to talk to my sister. I'm like, what are they doing? And come to find out, like, they couldn't touch a ball. They, they would run first in every practice the year before and they didn't think they were allowed to touch a ball. And I'm like... Oh wow! This is gonna this is gonna take some change. There's a new sheriff in town. We're changing. <laughs> new sheriff in town. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm the one coach that I love to do my conditioning with a ball, 
instead yeah. of without. So just my philosophy, but I knew right there, like, they were scared to death. Um, they didn't know what to do, kind of nervous and everything mm-hmm. that they did. So um, it, it took a lot of time, but they were awesome. I mm-hmm. think they had a lot to prove. Um, people were saying how bad they were, worse, whether, whether they were the worst team in program history and all that. So um, my 14-15 group, not just because it was my first year head coaching, but they changed my life. Um, they made made who me who I am in my first year um, and to a coach who I am now. So that whole season, there was many firsts, whether it was first win, first loss, first blowout. Um, so it was it was cool to do it with that group and then to and it, to win the regular season championship and go on to the NCAA tournament. It was just I couldn't have been more proud of them. Is that when you got coach of the year? Yeah. Nice. We're trying to win that award again. I'm <laughs> yeah. Like, Do we have I'm petitioning. I'm does campaigning it, for does that. Does it matter if Carlos sends me an email, Coach of the Year? Like, can I print that out and no. frame it? I'm no, campaigning. He, he's going to start like a Heisman <laughs> campaign for Coach of the Year. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's why Carlos gets Western or women's basketball gear, and he's our number one fan. Let's go. Carlos <laughs> is the number one fan, probably. <laughs> um, okay, so 14, 15, and then, you know, what about since then? You know, you you kind of got to settle into the role a little bit more um you know talk about some of your teams kind of since that point yeah um when I got the job it it was a it was hard adjusting because I had been at Fairmont for so long and you know on the funding level they're they're at probably one of the top in the Mountain East which was Wuviak um so I think the adjustment was how I recruit in the sense that it was very easy at Fairmont everyone was on a full ride um, so when you, no one really is on a full ride here. So just that you still had to go out and get good players, the best players, D, low D1 players, and get them to come and pay. Right. Um, you got to be more but, of a salesman here. Yeah, and it was, yeah. it was hard adjustment at first because I'm, then the adjustment came where it took me a year to figure it out. Like the first couple recruits, I just threw all my money into them, and I'm like, oh, crap. Like I can't do that. I don't have any money for the next year. So. Right. Um, definitely building a program is something that um, I love love to do and to see where it is now and just to kind of get the players to fit your style and philosophy um, has been huge but I've loved every one of my teams you obviously have your first recruit uh, your first recruiting class um, all that your first graduating class so it's been it's been great and um, I love I love every second of coaching so what about um, you know this team now um, last year, it seemed like I didn't really know what to expect going into last year, and I don't know if you know if you had like high expectations or whatever, but um, it just seemed like they kind of blew everyone out of the water as far as expectations go. Um, is that kind of what they did from your standpoint, or did you just see the potential right away and say like we could go deep with this team? Is that something that crossed your mind? Yes and no. Always as a coach, I'm always going to have high expectations. Um, but being so young, we were very, very young. We started two freshmen. You never know how freshmen are going to adjust. So you could see great things in practice, and then you could see very bad things. And I, I always say this to the girls. Um, our first scrimmage looked awful. <laughs> when we first scrimmaged two weeks before the start of the season, it did not look like anywhere where I wanted it to be. And Who, for, who was the scrimmage against? Fairmont State. Okay. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it didn't turn out to be what we hoped it to be. But since then, like it kind of opened their eyes, and you know we just kind of gelled from that point on. Um, and I think that in some of the games, you know, I, I think back to this all the time. Like, what what would have happened if one of them didn't go away? Like, how are, how would we have adjusted to that? Like, right. um, and we had those some moments like that later on the season, and we we adjust well to adversity, but. Um, that early in the season with a, such a young team. Um, but I, I will say our leadership on our team was great, is great. So that kind of helped. Um, but, yeah, I knew we, we had the potential, and you could see glimpses clips, of it in practice, but I think they exceeded my expectations. That's good. Mine too? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell Carlos all the that. time. I tell him all the time, like, we, we do all this on purpose. We want, we want fans in the stands. We want to give Carlos – pacing back and forth up there on the balcony. Oh, that's what happens. He yeah. does. That's what happens. We, he does. we, we, we just kind of bring you guys all in for the excitement, and we, we had it planned out the whole time. Carlos wants to, like, like, lace up and get out there himself. 
is what he wants. To I do. was ready to. I was. He brought his stuff in the locker room. Yeah, we, I we, had my gym bag. I was ready. We would take him. We would <laughs> take him. But right now with COVID, we we can't have practice players right now. Unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, I mean, since you, since you brought it up, you know what? Obviously, your season was over already before things started to come down from a COVID front. But you know how how has that? It's impacted everyone here, every program, every coach, every student athlete. Um, every staff member, it's it's impacted all of us one way or another. But you know, how how did how has it impacted your program to this point? Your your student athletes, um, and how has it kind of changed? You know, a little bit of what you would normally be doing now, um, you know, with the unknown and things like that. Yeah, we'd be getting up for our season opener. Be getting ready for our season opener this coming weekend. So I keep getting on Facebook and snaps and seeing my year one year and two year memories and it's yep. always opening weekend I got my nieces and nephew here and it's just crazy but I think the biggest adjustment has been practice planning um you know Ian kind of keeping the girls engaged like they've been great they come to practice every single day with a goal in mind and that's to get better but at the same time there for them there is no angle they don't know if we're having a season they don't know when the next time we're going to play an, another opponent so we're really trying to keep it fresh, um, trying to think of different things that you can do, and, you know, that's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. You don't want to sit here and put in 20, 20 of your offensive plays because they'll forget it whenever we go on this long break that we have coming up. So yeah. uh, we've been trying just to work on skill development, letting them play up and down, competing, and then every drill, whether it's shooting and stuff like that, we compete. Um, getting that competitiveness into them, um, knowing time and score, all the little things, late-game scenarios, things that – you know, will hopefully carry over um, and not just putting in presses and offense and defensive schemes. But I, I will say, coming back to last year, that, you know, I am glad our season ended before COVID and we didn't make the NCAA tournament because the unknown of that and where that team could have went, like, mm. that would have stuck with us all the way to this point. So they got, they got the feeling of ending a season and what that felt like. So um, I think they did a good job of preparing that in the summer as much as they can without being able to get out in the gyms um but they're a good group they work hard and you know I think it's impacted them in the sense of the unknown but not in the sense of getting better yeah kind of kind of with that um looking at obviously it's unknown what we're going into um but you know can you talk to us a little bit about the the squad that you have together you know going into this next season you know, if we do start playing in January, you know, who are some of the, um, obviously a lot of us and a lot of Ram Nation knows kind of the, the big players from last year, um, but, you know, do we have some, some new talent coming in? Can you kind of give us a quick rundown of, of the squad and, uh, and kind of how they're doing to this point? Yeah, so we return everyone but our um, 6'3 post player, Anna. She played a little, prior 6'7 man off the bench, gave us some a huge lift in a lot of the games, but we return all of our starters, so... Um, our goal was everyone calls them the big three Abby Clayton and Marley like everyone knows about them but um, the other people are the role players that make everything go and you know our goal for them was for them to improve um, as long as long as everyone improves but we did uh, get two new players one is a um, point guard um, from Spotswood in Virginia and she's won three state championships so anytime you can you can yeah ring season (laughs) anytime you can you can bring a player and a competitor in that comes from a winning program um very good coaches but that's that's huge and she sees the floor extremely well she can shoot she can score um so she but she knows how to win Mm -hmm. um so that that was a huge lift for us and we also got madison martz who is from hagerstown area and she's a lefty, our only lefty, so she's a shooter. She can score in many different ways. Um, she, she has great potential, and we're really excited about that. We didn't need to add a lot of new pieces. Um, there's only five people that can be out there, and only, there's only one ball. So yeah. we really like the chemistry and the team and the players that we had from last year, but we did get better. Okay, last piece, and I'll let, I promise I'll let Carlos talk. <laughs> it's been a minute, and I know he's, like, jumping up and down trying to get something in, but I have to ask since we're on the point. Um, we had we had Macy on earlier. She was our first guest we ever had on Beyond the Horns. Now that it's been a few weeks, a couple months since then, you know, how is she fitting in with, with you and kind of your culture and the players, and, and, you know, has she gotten off to a good start so far? Awesome start. 
Uh, Macy's great. She's great for our girls. She brings, I think you can see it on the podcast, she brings positivity, energy. She's always upbeat. She always gets the girls clapping. Whatever whatever I want from her, she's doing, and I don't have to tell her. Um, so that's huge. She picks up on it. She's learned from what I want from her, and she goes and ex- executes it. So she's been a great, great assistant coach. I really like her, really what like what she stands for. So I'm really I excited about that. Yeah, I know. I told you she would. <laughs> Breaking news, Carlos made me hire Macy. <laughs> and he wasn't wrong. Let's go. That's awesome. <laughs> He's right every once in a while. <laughs> well, um, you know, circling back to last year, obviously we were – discussing how a lot of the games were very close, kind of came down to the wire. Were you pretty impressed with the poise, especially from, you know, you did say that, you know, you were starting two freshmen, Abby especially, you know, she was able to hit like a bunch of step back threes. It it seemed like she was doing that on the regular. Uh, Were you pretty impressed with their poise going down the stretch and just keeping their calm in those moments where it's a one possession ball game and anything Mm -hmm. can happen? Yeah, I was. I I knew early. We we played Lincoln, who had all starters back, very senior dominated team. Ended up only losing, I think, two or three games all year, and they we had them the second game, and we beat them in overtime. And just the end of regulation and overtime, like whether it's we have a lot of timeouts because we can advance the ball. Just looking in their eyes and how zoned in they were, um, you could tell like they were born for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Abby, of course, especially. I mean, Morley hit a couple game winners. Um, yeah, she did too. So. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we had players that wanted the ball at the end of the game. And I say this all the time, like, you you don't even have to draw something up. Say, Abby, score. <laughs> Must <laughs> Abby, be nice. Abby, Abby, go make me look good. Marley, do this and just make me look good. Let me let me have the credit. No, they, they do a, they do a great job. And, um, you know, I, there was some plays that we made that I was like, I don't know, that was pretty lucky. Mm-hmm. But – um, that's just playing with confidence. And yeah. I think if that – I'm telling you, I, I don't know if that second game of the year against Lincoln, if we would have lost that game, if that would have changed. Um, but I don't want to think about that. But The important thing is we got the dub. Yeah, yeah. we got the dub and we, we got the players. And that, But, yes, to your point, like, it is extremely nice to know how poised and confident they are down the stretch. Right. Do you um, – did you ever notice that – they played better at home than they did on the road? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah? Because yeah. we, we talked about the record um, in one of our previous podcasts and just how if, you know, play was to improve on the road, how much of a difference that would make. Um, what's some things that you tried to, you know, a message you tried to send home to them whenever you were on the road, maybe something that you're focused on this year as you guys travel? Just play our game. I think I think that that they they feed off the crowd a lot here. We we got some great crowds last year, but like everyone's watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we even tra- we traveled good for away games too. But um, you know, I didn't. I noticed it, but I didn't want it to make it aware to them. Right. Um. So we. It's not like I talked about play like we do at home because I don't want them second guessing or anything like that. But yeah. I definitely knew and. Um, you know, I think that if a call here or there went on the road, then, you know, it would have been a little bit different. We would have got those W's, but um, you can't win them all, and there's a lesson to be learned from each game, and I think that's more important. I don't think we lost the same way twice right. um, on the road, so I don't think it was because we were on the road. It's because our shooting percentage wasn't very good. Clayton was in foul trouble or something like that where, you know, if your big girl – is in foul trouble when we can't get any rebounds. That's that's going to hurt. So, right. So just ma- making sure that we learn from every um, loss and win, um, and take it with us. Yeah, it's this has always been my philosophy. It might not be true, but I always say everything needs to start through uh, through Clayton. Mm-hmm. And if she gets going, then that opens everything up for everybody else. I don't know about you, but that's my philosophy. Watch out, Macy, new assistant in town. <laughs> No, I agree. I think Clayton is a huge part. And, you know, if you could come and make Sydney Clayton mad before every single game, <laughs> I will make you my new assistant. <laughs> I'll give you some money on the Job side. It, it is It is funny. Like, as a head coach, you think of everything. Like, I seriously, like, plot of, like, maybe I should say this to her to get her mad. Like, mm-hmm. because she's a totally different player. If she doesn't think someone 
respects her or doesn't think she's good, like she'll she'll go out there and be a totally different player. So um, I say that all the time. Carlos talks enough trash. <laughs> I, you can manufacture some trash for Clayton and, and like just not mean any of it, but just like manufacture some of it to get her riled up. I'm sure I, I think you of all people in this building can do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure because she's not a trash talker. She's about as humble as they come. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, just be you'll walking be... down the hallway, man. Clayton's trash, and then like she hears you, and then goes off for like forty points. Barbecue, no, man. barbecue chicken. I feel like there's a line that we're getting very close to that is just rude and mean, but we'll just make sure we'll say above it. Hey, that's fine because at the end of the day, I have his ring size. Hey, there we go. There we go. That's the magic he, word. He gets, yep. he gets a ring. That's the magic word for Carlos. I love ring. it. I love it. So I know you were. We talked a little bit about recruiting, and you said that. There wasn't a whole lot you needed to add to the team because there's only five people in one ball. But is there something that you were looking for when you were recruiting this year? Like anything at all, like um, whether it's bench play or, you know, you just needed an extra spark. Is there anything that was like that in your mind um, when you were recruiting? Yeah, definitely bench play. Um, but I, I, after I say that, you know, last year was the deepest team that we had. Right. We could go very deep. Um, the, you know, 10th player compared to the – first even or first or fifth player was there's not much difference so um I think more importantly like just the competitiveness like I wanted to bring somebody in to push the next player right and then whoever competes and performs better will get that spot so I, I really like how deep we are and the players we brought in they they are very competitive and they're making our other players work um and that's huge so and anytime like you want like I said winners and we got winners we like winners um so before we kind of close out talking about you know uh, next year real quick my last kind of note from last year what was your what was your favorite game was it the Lincoln game what game were you like the most jazzed after I would probably say Shippingsburg at home oh really Mm -hmm. okay yeah because that was a big game we were trying to catch them all season we had them at home we were going to be up in first place when we beat them um, best team had their player of the year on their team, um, but they had to come into our house and they ended up getting the last laugh. But I would probably say that game. Um, yeah. that's, I don't think I was here. That's, I don't that's think I was like here the, for that. That's probably why. But, <laughs> you, know. you got you. They say that you can beat everybody below you, but when you go and beat somebody above you, then you know you're the real deal. So yeah. right. I think that was a huge. So huge ship at home was your favorite game. Yeah. Okay. I would say any home game, though. The crowds that we got, that that was pretty sweet. I yeah, say, too. I mean, the atmosphere was great. We had a great turnout for most of our home games, so that definitely had a lot to do with the energy. It has. Mm-hmm. To, it's the shaved ice guy. It's not the basketball. <laughs> I know that it's, guy. It's the shaved ice guy up top. That's <laughs> what everyone comes for. Um, okay. Well, I, I was always. I'm always. I think we've asked almost every coach that, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because Carlos and I and the fan, you know, we see it a different way than you do. You know, we kind of just we're not directly involved like day to day and we don't put in like the blood, sweat and tears as you do. And so, you know, sometimes I feel like we don't see the same, we don't see it the same way you do. So I'm always curious to see what game did coach really like. Cause Carlos and I, you know, we have our favorites, but like what one did you like? Mm-hmm. And that to me is a, a cool, I don't know. I just like that question. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess so one more question I have for you is maybe going into this season, obviously, um, all will, all things willing, if we do have one, what is the game you're going to be circling on your calendar? Whew. Like, I can't wait to get to this one. Maybe a little redemption. Is there just I a think, piece you know, of component that you're like, I don't like you? Um, no. I I don't think nice I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Nice. We just had one year in the PSAC so far. Right, so, like, right. if you would ask me in the Mount Nice, I, I would be able to definitely give you oh, an answer. We're <laughs> asking that after this question. <laughs> no. But, you know, I, I if I picked right now it would probably be Shippingsburg just because that's mine yeah that's mine too yeah definitely mine um they're reigning champs uh reigning player of the year ended our season last year um so I would definitely say Shippingsburg and what game I'm looking forward to is just that first yeah. we, we want to play <sighs> okay all right so <laughs> excited for the first game ship's going down but I want to hear. I want to. I want to get like raw emotion. Like, who did you not like in the Mounties? Either from your Fairmont days or or from Chef. You have to be honest. <laughs> this is an honest I, podcast. And I'd I'm like going to go with why. Charleston. 
Okay. Charleston. When I was at Fairmont, it was Charleston. Everyone would think it was West Lib or Glenville. I don't know. I just didn't get a good vibe every time we went to Charleston. Um, so when I was at Fairmont, that's that was that was the team. Gotcha. Um, and then when I came to Shepherd, I would probably have to say like just Fairmont. We, not yeah, just the not arrival by any means, but that was always the game I was looking forward to. Yeah, I like know no bad blood at all, but more of just uh, I mean I get it. It's where you came from. You forged your path, and you mm-hmm. kind of want to show them that what you are now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charleston, huh? Okay. Interesting. Nice. Well, that's all the questions we have for you, so that was pretty easy, right? Yeah, that was good. All right, cool. You guys did good. Yeah, so... Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I know you've been sweating bullets about, sweating this, over uh, here. about this trivia thing, but oh, we're not doing trivia. Oh, good. Tri- yes. We're, yeah. we're going to do this or that, so okay. it's pretty much just opinion-based. I'm going to give you two things. I'm going to say this or that, and then you just tell me which one you prefer more. Okay. And why. We need to know why. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, the first one is tacos or wings? Wings. Wings is probably one of my favorite foods. For so sure. You, you could eat wings like four times a week. Oh, yeah. Good. Definitely. Quaker I, steak I wings, anybody too. ever had? Those, those yep. are my favorite wings. You know, I did that atomic challenge before. Oh, no. See, that just yeah. ruins it, man. You gotta get the Arizona you Ranch. I got the t shirt and everything. Arizona oh. Ranch is the kind? Yep, that's okay. the kind. Yeah. All right, next one TV shows or movies? TV shows. I'm what addicted. Are you, what are you watching right now? Oh, my DVR is pretty full. Um, <laughs> I'm excited about this week. All the all the Chicago's PD Med Fire. You're, you're in all the Chicago's. Oh yeah. Okay. Fire Million Little Things comes back next week. I do watch some reality TV too, like Dancing with the Stars, and I have watched The Bachelorette and Bachelor. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I may or may not have seen some of Dancing with the Stars because yes. of my significant other. Nelly's uh, right. Nelly's Nelly's right now. Yeah. yeah, he's getting a lot of backlash because he's got the lowest scores, but oh, now he's killing it. <laughs> and I may or may not sit on the couch and uh, act like I'm not watching, but I, I'm actually watching. Um, I like Neve. Oh, yeah. I like Neve. I, I don't know. I've always Catfish like guy. Yeah, Catfish guy. Catfish guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's on there. Um, okay, sorry. Sorry to steal the show. Okay, I had, to, I had to give input. Next one, beer or wine? Beer. I don't I don't drink wine. I'm not a big drinker to begin with, but definitely but definitely beer. And I couldn't even say beer, Michelob Ultra. I was gonna say <laughs> that you were <laughs> ultra or wine. <laughs> yeah. Next one, sheets or Wawa? Sheets. I don't even know if I've had Wawa. Good. Yeah. Me you don't need to. Yeah. yeah. You don't need to. Say sheets. The only thing that they have that's of any value is gas. Yeah. Okay. I would I would say when I was at Fairmont the thing I would always say is, we need a Chick-fil-A and a Sheets. Amen. And then I come here, guess what went up in Fairmont? A Sheets. But I came here, and it's right here, across, yeah. yeah, it was right across the street. What's your go-to at Sheets? Like, if you're, I don't know, let's say like early afternoon, you got to grab something real quick before practice. Soft pretzel. With cheese? <laughs> With nacho cheese, yep. And mac and mac, mac and cheese bites, I would say. Okay. Uh, okay. Definitely. I, I'm Right now, I'm on a kick with pretzels. I mean, pretzels are delicious, so... <laughs> And Annie's at the mall. I oh, that, yeah. I hit that every time. Yeah. It's, every time. it's unfair. It's because of the, the odor. Like, you can't you can't walk by one and you're like, I want. I think that's all. I, my mind just goes, I want. Can't not get it. But most of the time at the mall is you get free samples. They might have them out. They I don't know. know. Maybe the mall is going to go Carlos to. going up there to take a free sample. <laughs> <laughs> I have gotten in trouble once or twice. Anyways, next one. Fall or spring? Hmm. Oh, I'll probably go fall. I'm a football Amen. football girl. Amen. Even though my birthday's in the spring, I would still go with fall. I'm such a fall guy. The hoodies, I mean, it's fall. the perfect See? time. Of Fall's year. way better. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really no. It's really that was a dumb this or that, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely fall. Okay, can I throw in one? Yes. Alabama or Auburn? <laughs> okay, I'll show, I'll show myself out. <laughs> that was a that was a setup. I wanted to see what Coach Eck would do because. I think that's the first thing you ever told me. Is that as an Alabama fan? A big Bama fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I've been ever since I was little. I'm Dang. a daddy's girl. Dang. Yeah. So, so uh, when I even say the word Auburn, yeah, it just it starts, kills yeah, it starts to get hot in here. It it the the steam's coming me. out. Yep. Well, that's uh, those are this, that you did a good job. This or that, it's a lot easier than trivia. Yeah. Um, but you know, we found that this or that's another way for you to kind of show Ram Nation who you are. So, 
We know you like wings. You like TV shows. You like Mick Ultra. You're Sheets person. Fall is the best. And Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Did I sum it up well? That's great. Okay. Roll Tide. Well, Red Nation, you know, thank you for listening to, to this um, excellent episode with Coach Jen Ackleberry. As always, um, you can find us if you if you want to listen to past episodes or in the future. Um, you know, www.shepherdrams.com has a big banner on this. It's Beyond the Horns. You can check that out. Or, of course, follow us on social media on Twitter at SU Rams Official or on Facebook at SU Ram Nation Official. Give them, give us a follow on both of those, and you'll uh, you'll be in the loop with everything that's coming down the pipe from uh, from what we're doing here. Speaking of what's coming down, Carlos, what do we have next? So next is going to be another one of our unsung heroes. We're going to have our director of donor relations, Meg Peterson, joining oh. us. And you know what I didn't even think of? This is kind of a milestone for us. This is episode ten. Do we get trophies? Do we get rings? <laughs> I wish. I wish, but. Uh, that, that's a good point. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we have a, a solid core of people who listen every week, and, and thank you to uh, to you all for um, making it worth our while to get to 10 episodes, and uh, here's to 10 more. But, uh, yeah, Meg Peterson's going to come on next week, Unsung Hero, and, and kind of like what we mentioned with uh, Shatora a few weeks ago, you know, we wanted to do an Unsung Hero thing where we just talk to um, somebody who's behind the lines who helps our women's basketball program get to where they are, and, you know, Meg is a huge piece of, you know, donor relations, and um, she's a SUAC board member, and, and so she puts a lot of time and effort um, into helping our program succeed, so I just want to bring her on and talk to her a little bit. Um, we're definitely excited for that, but Coach, yes, what else you got? You got, this is your last time on the air for Ram Nation. You have any shout-outs, any last-minute things you want to say, anything you want to say to Carlos, your new assistant, <laughs> you know, you have? Oh, you gave me too many. I, I do want to say I absolutely love Ram Nation. I absolutely love Shepherdstown. I love my job. I love my people. I love Carlos. Amen. And, um, Amen. I guess, Andy, I do love you, too. Yes. I love oh, Andy. I wasn't sure. Um, I guess I'm going to shout-out to my nieces and nephew. They're my world. Um, family means everything. But I got my own family here as well. So thank you for everything, Ram Nation, and thank you for you two. I've had a blast. Well, thank you thank for coming you. on. We appreciate it. Yeah, we really do. Uh, we appreciate everyone who takes a little bit of time out of, out of their busy schedule to come talk to us, Yahoos. But uh, <laughs> thank you again for doing that. Uh, so Ram Nation, for one last time, Coach Jen Ackleberry, Carlos Calderon himself, and, uh, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.